Hallelujah. We worship the name of the Lord. We worship the name of the Lord this morning. We're so grateful for what God is uh, is doing and what He's going to do. I'm sitting there and my my daughter's looking at me. She's like, "You're nervous?" Say, "Yeah, I'm always nervous." She's like, "You'll be fine." And I look at her and I tell, I, I, I say to her, pray that the Lord illuminates your mind this morning. <laughs> but uh, let's all stand and, and rise. You know, as a, a, as a minister at times, we, the Lord, is, 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 it could become difficult to project something that you're feeling. Because in the supernatural God allows you to, to journey with his presence. And at times, it can become difficult to communicate that great, enormous feeling. But the Lord this morning has put a word in my heart. And, and I believe it's going to bless you and it's going to bless the house. Let's, uh, let's pray beforehand. Father Lord, we, we come before your presence as, as your people, Lord. I come before your presence as an unworthy vessel of your, of your gospel, an unworthy vessel of your good news, Father God. But you are worthy. And I pray, Lord, that as you spoke this word into my heart, Lord, that I, I may be able to communicate it with wisdom and clarity, Lord, to your people this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. The word of the Lord this morning is found in Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, verse 18 through 21. Luke 13, verse 18 through 21. And the, the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the word reads like this. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? Is it like a mustard seed which a man took and planted it in his garden? It grew. And became a tree, and the birds of the air perched on its branches. Again he asked, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? Is it like yeast that a woman took and mix, mixed it into a large amount of flour, until it worked all the way through the dough? Thank you, Father Lord. You may be seated this morning. I'm going to be ministering God's word this morning under the theme, a growing faith. A growing faith. At times, uh, as Christians, right, or Christi Christianity in itself gets a lot of criticism for the fact that we have faith, uh, uh, for the fact of our reliance on, a on faith, right? Because faith is not something you can actually see. So the, uh, us Christians, we get uh, constantly criticized that how can you believe in something that you don't see or in someone that you, you've never seen, right? Uh, if I was to ask you this morning, how would you explain faith to someone? Uh, I believe that there are three components on how you explain faith to someone. And the first one is the knowledge, the knowledge of what? The knowledge of historical documents, the knowledge of maybe an eyewitness account, the knowledge of, of, of maybe experiencing God, right? The knowledge of experiencing his presence, right? The knowledge, you're here this morning because of your knowledge 
of who God is in your life. So knowledge of who he is is very important because the knowledge will allow you to come into agreement. Uh, and this agreement is saying, I understand this knowledge I have received and I come into agreement with this knowledge and, and therefore, because I agree with this knowledge, I have a deep conviction uh, of what I believe in. It brings, uh, the knowledge brings this conviction. So the first part would say, I would say it would be the knowledge and the second component, I would say it would be your agreement with that knowledge which produces a deep-rooted conviction in what you believe in. And the third would be trust, right? Uh, knowledge, agreement, and trust. I, I have this knowledge of who God is, uh, so I come into agreement with who he is, and this agreement gives me this deep conviction that allows me to trust in who he is. Can we say amen? Uh, uh, that's the best way to explain faith. The Bible says that your faith is like a mustard seed. Uh, I, I wish I had, uh, as you see, I think, uh, uh, I was going to say Pastor Jamie, but Pastor Jamie, uh, she could receive that in the name of the Lord, right? Uh, she did this graphic for me, and if you could see real closely, uh, the picture is holding the size of a mustard seed. Is that small. Uh, I, have, I have one in my, in my, one of my many wallets, right? <laughs> I have one in there. So the Bible says that that small of a faith is powerful enough, what does the Bible say? To move a mountain. That small of a faith. But God wants you to know that that seed is not supposed to stay that small. That that seed is supposed to grow. The scripture said that Jesus said, is that how can I explain the kingdom, right? Is it like a seed that's planted and it grows into this large tree? The Bible says that the seed that small is that powerful to move a mountain. Now, uh, I, I need to ask you, if you allow your seed to grow into this great uh, 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 passion for God's kingdom inside of you, how, 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 how great would that be? Oh, because uh, the seed is not supposed to stay that small. It's supposed to grow. I pray that you can understand this morning. I'm going to show you how this seed grows through one of our biblical characters this morning. And I'm going to, I pray that you may understand that uh, God is trying to let us know that I want your seed to grow. I'm going to show you how I did this through one of our, 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 of our patriarchs. And I'm going to show you how you can apply this to yourself. Can we say amen? amen. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those, I will bless those who bless you, and I will, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. When Abraham was called in Genesis 12, he was called with that little mustard seed. He was called with just a little bit of knowledge that he had of who God was. He was called from Ur of the Chaldeans, a place where they worshiped many gods. 
But there was a little bit of knowledge in the life of Abraham, Abraham that when God called them, he was able to recognize that it was, God's, it was God calling him and he was able to leave. His knowledge doesn't describe where it comes from in the Bible, in the Bible but it's enough to have a conviction and enough to, for his conviction to lead him to trust God to leave. The first point I want to share with you this morning is for your faith to grow, you must trust the Lord. Abraham heard God and left. He didn't know too much about God. Remember, this is Genesis chapter 12. The only knowledge he had about God is that God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, 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 Adam and Eve in the garden, right? Chapter 3. The chapter before talks about the plans of man, right? When they're building the Tower of Babylon and uh, and they're saying, well, let's construct the city, right? There's not too much knowledge there of who God is. But God caused Abraham with his little bit of knowledge, caused Abraham, and Abraham leaves. Abraham left with a seed of faith in his heart and a promise of God's word over his life that morning. Hebrews 18, Hebrews 11, 8 says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his, as his inheritance, obeyed and went and went, even though... He did not know where he was going. He heard, he left. Even though he did not know where he was going. That's what the scripture tells us. Uh, uh, Because his mustard seed, his faith was important. But God's plan for him was even more important than his faith. You see, God's plan is so important over your life. That is important that your faith grows. It's important that your faith grows towards God's, uh, in, in alignment with God's will. He has to grow his mustard seed to accomplish his plan in your life. How big is your mustard seed this morning? How long have you carried that small mustard seed? It's powerful enough to move a mountain. But has it grown? Because God's kingdom is supposed to grow inside, in our hearts. It's supposed to grow powerful and strong enough. I mean, when you think about God's kingdom, there's nothing like it. And if that kingdom grows that big in your heart, what will you do for the kingdom of God then? Oh, man. Uh, There's an alignment that must exist between uh, the believer and God. What alignment is, what alignment is that? There's a, a, a cohesiveness that must exist between uh, the believer's faith and God's plan for that believer. It has to come into alignment. Uh, uh, you align yourself with God's word. And God's word is God's plan for your life. When you align your faith with his word, God is saying, I, I, I see someone that's aligning their faith with my, with my eternal plan. I could use that person. Because that's where faith starts to grow. When you align your will with God's will. There's a cohesiveness of his knowledge. What knowledge? The knowledge of who Jesus is in your life. 
the knowledge of what he has done already. There's a, there's a knowledge of what he has done that, deep, that roots a deep conviction of who he is and leads you to trust God for the unseen and the unknown. Trust. You got to trust him. You have to trust him. Your knowledge of who Jesus is will bring a deep conviction and it will allow you to trust him. Look what God tells him. God tells Abraham six times, I will. In those three verses, six times he mentions, I will. I will make your name great. I will bless you. I will give you this land uh, for your inheritance. I will. And I will. But in verse 3, in verse 2, he goes, I will three times. And then he goes, because I will, you will be able to. Don't, don't let that go over you because I am able to do in you you will be able to do in my kingdom because I will you will be able to do oh because we can't do without him uh, there's not enough book smart enough knowledge for us to advance this kingdom without God Without his knowledge, without his presence. But he tells Abraham with his little mustard seed, with his little bit of faith, he says, I will. And if you allow me, I will make your name great. I will use you to reach the lost. I will use you to do great things. I will. So because I will, you will be able to. Oh, that's good this morning. That's how the Lord showed it to me. Uh, uh, when we allow God to do his will in our lives... We can do what he wants us to do. Oh, man. Uh, Abraham left with a small mustard seed and six I wills that morning. Genesis 12.10 says, Now there was famine in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because of the famine was severe. Wait a minute. Didn't God said, I'll take you out of here into a promised land? Abraham gets to this promised land and God allows famine to come. I can picture Abraham saying, man, I left the place of uncertainty to run into famine. Famine comes and Abraham reacts. Fear and uncertainty, not knowing what tomorrow has, leads him to trust in his own instinct. Right? Because he has a little mustard seed. And God's, he's going to, the Lord is going to grow the mustard seed in Abraham. But Abraham at that moment, he says, I left the place where I had security and I had a, I had good, uh, for, for, well, for me, I left the place where I had good insurance and good pay, right? Uh, Abraham left the place where, where he was secure, where he knows where God had him, uh, where he was stable that. He left the place to go to somewhere that's unknown. When he gets to the land, God says, this is the land I'm going to give you. And all of a sudden, famine hits the land. Now, uh, I can picture Abraham like he does what the, uh, the opposite of Proverbs 3.5. He does the opposite of that. You know what Proverbs 3.5 says? Trust in the Lord and lean not. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own, on your, on your own understanding. Abraham is like, this famine here, I got to figure this out. I'm out of here. He does the opposite. The father of the faith is trying to figure this out. Have you ever been there where you're like, this doesn't make sense? 
I, I don't understand what God is doing. Can you trust God when you don't understand what he's doing? Can you stand firm even if you don't know where it's going to come from or what he's going to do tomorrow? Abraham runs down to Egypt because he didn't know there was a famine. And I think I, I would have acted like Abraham as well. Because all, all of us in our human nature and in our flesh, we're, we're, we're prone to, to try to figure things out. You can't figure God's plans out. God has a plan ordained for your life. Don't try to figure it out. But Abraham, he, he kind of did the opposite here. He ran down to Egypt, and as he's getting close to Egypt, it hits him. He's like, my wife is beautiful. And the minute I get there, they're going to want her. So as he gets there, Abraham reaches Egypt. Pharaoh questions him. That's not my wife. That's my sister. That's my sister. Two times Abraham did this in his, in his walk. In chapter 19 with King, King Abimelech, he said, that's not my wife. That's my sister. Two times he, he, he lets Pharaoh, and, 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 and in chapter 19, he lets a king take his wife two times. If you're Sarah, you're like, is this God's will for my life? If you're Abraham, you're like, what is going on? I try to figure, the, figure it out, and my wife is in the chambers of, of Pharaoh. But it's when we make decisions that, that don't rely on God's trust when we mess things up. I know it's a little quiet. But Abraham is saying, is this God's will for my life? Is this his, is this his will? Sarah's, if you, if, you, if, if you look at it from the perspective of Sarah, his wife, uh, I'm sure she's asking, man, we left and uh, look where I'm at. I'm inside Pharaoh's chambers. Sometimes God's will doesn't make sense. Sometimes God's will leads us into places where we, that are unknown, but at times it's not God's will, it's our own decisions. Sometimes we want to blame God for the crisis that's happening in our lives. And God is like, I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, Abraham made a wrong choice. And now he's, he's, he finds himself facing crisis. He finds himself uh, uh, asking, well, well, you know, my wife is over there now. At times, we face crisis because not only we made the wrong choice, but maybe someone physically or emotionally hurt us. At times we face crisis, maybe not because we made the wrong choice or someone hurt our feelings or something like that, but we go to the doctor and he says, you got terminal cancer. This is, this is, this is crisis. This is, this is times of, of desperation. Times of difficulty. We cannot turn around and blame God for the wrong choices we make. We cannot turn around and say, well, Lord, it's because you didn't protect me that this is why I'm going through this. 
Uh, Lord, you didn't heal me in, uh, in, in enough time. This is why, why this is happening. Lord, it's, it's your fault that my family finds themselves in this place. No, have you made the right choice? Did you wait on God or did you move before God's plans for your life? Oh, man. Because when we move ahead of time, when we don't wait on God, when we don't trust on who he is, uh, we make mistakes. And those mistakes can be drastic for our lives. Hallelujah. But Abraham, I'm grateful for the God we serve that in his mercy, he's not like man. Abraham knew he had made one and two and three mistakes. But in, in all those mistakes, he was able to turn to God and say, Lord, I messed up. And God, with his mercy, receives Abraham. Oh, you know why? Because God is not a part. He's not part of the problem. He's part of the solution. When you drop the ball, he says, if you turn to me, I got a solution for your problem. But at times, if we're not careful, our emotions can lead us the wrong way. Our emotions can tell us this happened to me. And God allowed it. And you know what that does? That's a danger zone. Because it pushes you away from prayer time. It pushes you away from people. It pushes, it, it tends to isolate you. And that's the plan of the enemy. And God is saying, you know what? I know you messed up. I know you thought, maybe you think I had forgotten about you. But if you turn to me with all your problems... With everything you have in your plate, if you just learn to look at me and not look across, you can't look horizontal. No, you, you can't look at, to the person next to you. But if you learn to look at, at, at the cross, if you learn to look up, the Bible says that David says, and I look up towards the hills, and where does my refuge come from? My refuge comes from God, the creator of heavens and earth. You can't look to the side. I'm going to grow your faith this morning. I want to, I haven't forgotten about you. You think I have forgotten about you. But Abraham was 99 years old when God told him, you got to get ready for the promise. You're never too old to, to do something great for the kingdom of God. You're never too young to do something great for the kingdom of God. It just depends. Are you allowing God to water your faith? Are you allowing God to water your mustard seed? Because it has to grow. It has to grow. Abraham turned to God with the understanding that he's not the problem, but he's the solution. God, ain't ne God is never the problem. He's always the solution to your problem. God is never the one to blame. He's always the solution to heal a broken heart. He's always the solution to restore someone that's been through difficult times. He's always the solution to restore someone that's been hurt, broken, and rejected. He's always the solution. He's always the solution. God tells you this morning, I haven't forgotten about you. I'm the solution to the problem. Hallelujah. So you have to trust. You have to stay firm in who he is. Don't move. Allow God to speak to your life. Allow, allow that faith to grow inside of you. Allow him to minister to you. Trust in the Lord. The first, 
the first point is in order for your faith to grow, you must trust him. And even when we drop the ball, God says, if you turn to me, I'll heal your land. If you turn to me, I'm still the solution. You drop the ball at work, and your boss might fire you. But if you drop the ball here, God says, this, my mercies are new every morning. My mercies are new every single day. The second point for your faith to grow is action is required. The knowledge of who Jesus is gives us this deep conviction because we believe in who he is, so we have this rooted conviction that leads us to trust. But that trust now leads us to take action. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's faith. Faith is measured by action, not by how much faith you say you have. We could come to church and say, yeah, I got faith. He's going to heal me. I got faith. He has a plan for me. I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. You could say that a million and one times, and that doesn't increase the barometer of your faith. Uh, what increases the barometer of your faith is allowing God to, to see and say, whoa, he says he has faith, but is there any action behind that faith? Is there any movement behind that faith? You could say you have faith, but you, you might ne never move on that faith. It requires action. Abraham believed and moved. Unbelief will stop you from moving and growing. Unbelief will paralyze your faith. Unbelief will paralyze God's plans for your life. Unbelief will stop you being a mediocre believer. Oh, uh, this time, you think that Jesus is going to lift up a mediocre church. Uh, as his coming gets close, he's looking for believers. I said, if you believe in me, I'm going to do more than what you can see. I'm going to show you more than what, oh man, do you believe? Where's your faith? Is it this small still, or are you going to allow God to work? Because people that make a difference in the kingdom are those that allow that faith to grow. Are those that allow their faith to grow. What do you mean? I got to move. I got to take action. Some, some believe, but don't move. Others believe and risk it all for the gospel. What are you talking about, George? What are you talking about? Yeah. Daniel believed. And he says, I'll pray three times a day with the windows open so the entire Babylonian city could see me. I believe in, I, I know in who I believe in. Oh, well, you know what, Daniel? Uh, we're going to have to throw you in the lines then. Well, I'm going to risk my life because I know in who I believe in. My conviction is that strong enough. And Daniel risked it all. And they threw him in the lines then. And the lions didn't even touch Daniel. Daniel took a risk in what he believed in. Esther said, well, I'm going to risk it all. Pray for me because tomorrow I went to the king's court. And if I perish, I will perish. She risked it all. She put it all on the line. The three Hebrew boys, as Pastor Ruth preached a couple weeks ago, they presented themselves and said, well, we're not going to bow to your statue. I'm going to risk it all. We won't bow. And God will save us. And if he doesn't save us, well, I'm still going to put it all in the line. You see, God is not looking for mediocre people. 
He's looking for people that are going to impact the kingdom. Don't get me wrong with your little mustard seed. You got a place in heaven. You got a place in heaven there. But is that good enough for you? Is it good enough for you that you drive up and down the streets and, and our world is being lost to sin? Is it good enough for you to walk down the street and see all these kids smoking weed? Is that good enough for you? Because when the kingdom of God is growing inside of us, there's a passion that's growing with it. There's a passion that grows. There's a passion that says, I can't, I can't just sit back and do nothing about this. Are you going to risk it all? Or are you going to wait for God to deliver the plans, his perfect plan in your life? God is not going to deliver it to you. Because faith requires action. Faith requires movement. If there's no movement for you, God could have this great plan for your life. But there's no movement on your behalf. And because there's no movement on your behalf, God's plan, the little mustard seed just stopped growing a little bit. If there's no movement, God can't fulfill his plan. Don't wait for God to bring you his plan. Ask God to reveal his plan to you. Ask God to show you his plan. Ask God to show you uh, what's my passion, Lord. Show me the desires, Lord. Show me what am I, what's my mission. Because when you start to ask, God is going to start showing you. And when he starts showing you, there's an action and a movement required on your behalf. He's going to show you. Now, are you going to move? Are you going to act on what he has shown you? Some people might never act. I, uh, at times I find it humorous when people, uh, what's God's plan for my life? I get, I, I get that question a lot. I, get, I pick up the phone sometimes and uh, people, random people from the neighborhood are calling. What's God's plan for my life? But when a believer asks, what's God's plan? Know that he has a perfect plan. He has to reveal it to you. And when he reveals it to you, there's action that's required. Well, Lord, where's, where's my, my future spouse? Where's my, where's my future husband, my future wife? Lord, where's that future job? Have you ever did a resume and went out believing in faith? You can't get the job that, that your heart desires if, if you never moved, if there was never no action. You can never find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right if you don't jump out there. You got to put yourself out there. Some people, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Uh, are you telling me that, that God is going to bring Mr. and Mrs. Right to your doorstep? If there's no action required on your behalf, guess what? You might just be alone for the rest of your life. Sounds a little... It, it, maybe... We need to just do Christian mingle. Maybe that will work. <laughs> listen, listen. When I least thought of it, when I least expected it, I never forget, went to Bible Institute, and I saw Arlene sitting right across from me. And I was like, she's pretty hot. <laughs> and you know what? I went for it. Now I've been married 15 years. But you can't, you cannot expect God to deliver the plans for your life. And that's, that's God fulfilling his, his uh, blessings on earth for you, right? Uh, 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 material blessings, right? A family and a job and, 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 and that you be blessed here on earth. That's part of God's will. 
But there's a greater purpose of, there's a greater part of his will that is reaching the lost. And if we don't grow that kingdom in our hearts, we will never reach the lost. We will never reach the lost. You know, uh, I remember this story where the young, the young girl was in a, this apartment building and, and the apartment building was burning into flames. And the fire started going into her apartment and the little girl was there alone. And that, that fire started creeping room by room and the floor started to get hot. And the little girl didn't have no way out. But she looked behind her and saw the window. She's on the 10th floor. And she, she starts to creep out the window because the smoke is starting to, to just to, to take her oxygen away. She's, she's feeling blurry and she's feeling dizzy. She can't breathe. There's, there's hardly no oxygen. So she starts to look out the window. And at the bottom, the fire department is there. And the fire department is saying, hey, if, if you jump, I got you. Just jump. And the girl, she can't see them because there's so much smoke that's coming out the window that when she looks down, she doesn't see the firemen yelling, just jump. And she's hesitant because she can't see the smoke is coming out. But all of a sudden, somebody's moving down there with the firemen and, honey, just jump, just jump, honey. And she's like, dad, is that you? That's me, honey. You could do it, just jump. And the girl leaps and she falls right in her father's arms. That's a risk and a leap of faith. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to, to, to trust him. That he has our lives in his hands. He wants us to trust him that, that he has everything worked out. Even if you don't see the now and you don't see the tomorrow. He has it all worked out. Are you willing to leap into his hands? Are you willing to leap into this kingdom of, of faith that, that, that you can't see tomorrow but God has it all worked out for you? Or are you willing to leap? That girl leaped. And she landed in her, in her father's arms. God says, if you move, I'll catch you. If you trust me, I'll catch you. Because faith is more than just a Sunday sermon. I love doing this. I could do church. I could do this for a long time. But faith is more than just this. Faith is more than just attending church and listening to a Sunday sermon. Faith has to grow because God's plan has to come to pass in your life. Hallelujah. You must grow. And it might cost you some tears. There might be some growing pains in this process. But God says, I'm going to catch you because this is what I do. I'm an expert at this. No one will catch you the way I can catch you. As a matter of fact, I will never allow you to fall. I will never allow you to fall. The third point this morning, your faith to grow, you must obey his word. You're going to trust 
And that trust is going to allow you to, to move in that conviction, to act and move upon what you believe in. But you got to obey him, right? Abraham says, uh, chapter 22 says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said, Abraham, and look at this. Look at his quick reply. Here I am. He doesn't say, there's no pause in that. God says, Abraham, here I am. It's a quick response. You know, you ever called your kids and they just, they just don't come fast enough? <laughs> Ethan, come down here now. <laughs> Abraham recognized. Abraham, here I am. Quick response, chapter 22. Then he said, then God said, take your son, your only son who you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, and I will show, on a mountain I will show you. Early in the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, he took him with two of his servants and his son Isaac. It says early in the morning. Because if Sarah would have found out what Abraham was going to do, she would have got in the way. So he waits till Sarah's asleep, maybe three or four in the morning. He goes there, he says, come on, buddy, wake up, Isaac, wake up, we got to go. He grabs two of his servants, and they go. And then verse 4 says, on the third day, Abraham looked and saw the place from a distance. Now, if you Abraham, you know that you've trusted God. You know that, that God has been faithful to you. You see, Abraham was able to respond that quick because his mustard seed was, was not the same size as Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 22, his faith has grown. It has grown. And he's able to respond quick to God. And I can imagine Abraham, he's looking and he's saying, and his, he's saying to himself, man, this is, this is the promise we all been waiting for, Sarah and I. And he's walking. And God didn't make it easy for him. God gave him a three-day journey. That means that for three days, he's thinking about his son Isaac. He's thinking about how God promised him this, his son, and now he's walking on this journey. So that's why the Bible says that as he's approaching the mountain at a distance, he's already seen. He's there, and God is testing his faith. But guess what? His faith has increased. His faith is not the same because he never questions God. He doesn't say, well, God, why are you, you asking me to bring Isaac? Isn't, the, isn't he the promise that, that you, you, you told us about? He never questions God. Because when your faith increases, when your faith increases, you, you will go to a place where you will never doubt and question his sovereignty. When your faith increase, increases, you get to a place where you know that, man, I don't know what's ahead, but I know that God saw me through yesterday. I know that God saw me in Egypt. He saw me with King Abimelech. I know that God provided. I dropped the ball, but I know that, that he will see me through this. And that's why he responds, yes, Lord. What you want from me, Lord? You want Isaac? Come on, Isaac. This is what God wants us to do today. There's a quick response. But look what he says in verse 5. He tells his servants, stay right here. We will go worship. We will worship and we will come back. Oh, man. 
when your faith increases. You know that God has you in his hands. Your mustard seed uh, has to grow. Abraham's mustard seed had grown here. His knowledge of how God had delivered him in the past had a deep-rooted conviction that he was going to see him at that very moment. That's why he says, we will go and we will come back. He, he's, he's talking for Isaac. God has asked me for my Isaac, but guess what? We will come back. Because faith will allow you to call what you don't see into existence. Faith will allow you to reach into what God has for you. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. and the violent take it by force because they can see what no one else can see. Oh man, uh, you got to be able to see. Can you see? When was the last time God showed you something? That's why the musicians can get ready. That's why hindsight is very powerful. Because at times, we don't know where we're going. This journey of faith, you don't know where you're going. You don't know what the now has. But hindsight, retrospect, is very powerful. Because even though you don't know the now and don't know the tomorrow, you know that, that God has always seen you. And you can look back and say, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, I don't know what tomorrow has. I don't know what, what right now has. But, but if I look back, I clearly remember I have this knowledge about God when, when he saved me. Wait, wait, wait. I, when I look back, I have this knowledge of how he became this provider when I was in need. Wait, wait. There's, a, there's, a, there's retrospect there. When you look back, you have this knowledge of how he healed you. When you look back, you have this knowledge of everything that God has brought you through until now. When you look back, you worship because he's been good to you. Hallelujah. God's been faithful to you. But this is not your last stop, says the Lord. This is not your last stop. You think I have forgotten about you and I haven't forgotten about you I haven't forgotten about you just remember that I've been good that I've never failed you hallelujah look what Abraham tells Isaac in verse 8 he says God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering my son we we go in there because God called us to go. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know one thing. That God will provide what we need. Hallelujah. That God will, will come in time. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12.2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of your faith. Hallelujah. You're going to grow. The growth depends on you this morning as we rise to our feet hallelujah how developed is your faith this morning maybe you're saying Lord I'm having a little trouble trusting you I'm having a little trouble trusting you uh, there's been so many 
things that have happened uh, people have hurt me people have turned their back on me I'm having a little trouble here Lord God says if you turn to me I'm gonna heal you I'm gonna heal you maybe you're you're in the the process of trusting God and you don't know God says you can trust me because I never fail maybe you find yourself this morning saying I trust you but I'm a little bit I don't, I don't know how to move I don't know how to take action on this God says I'll show you the way I'll show you the way maybe this morning we just need to lay it all in God's hands because he has what we need hallelujah I thank you Holy Spirit There's, your faith has to be rooted rooted hallelujah for difficult times rooted it's got to be rooted hallelujah it's got to be rooted hallelujah God says sometimes growth comes through different ways and, and at times you got to shed tears to grow at times growth hurts but God says I have a perfect plan for your life I have a perfect plan for your life everything you need is in my hands every trouble you have faced is in my hands I'm the solution to all I don't know where you find yourself this morning in the journey of faith but God's plan has to come to pass align your faith this morning with God's will with all heads bow as the worship team gets ready the altar's open maybe just lay it all in God's lap this morning because there's a perfect plan for your life and it's, it goes beyond doing church on a Sunday morning it goes beyond what you see it goes beyond into a, a place that's unknown to man but very known to the creator hallelujah as they get ready to sing the altar's open if you would like prayer and applying this word our leadership will be here to pray with you this morning God bless you church praise God praise God praise God thank you for taking the time to listen to this sermon we pray it blesses and encourages your life 